over the last 15 years or so, I've gotten spoiled. I've noticed that, uh, in, especially when it comes to sports. Um, now, I know I talk about sports every week, it feels like. I'm sorry if it feels like a broken record, but I, hopefully we're gonna, I'm going to be able to pull something out for you. Um, when, I was a, uh, when I graduated high school, I went to LSU. Uh, I had a really good major. It was student tickets. Um, I think I was at every game ever. It was awesome. I got into all the games for free, except if you ask my parents, right? Um, but it was, it was awesome. I, I was able to go to all the football games and all the basketball games and stuff. And very, very quickly, uh, I started to get spoiled on the good games, right? A couple of weeks ago, somebody calls me and says, hey, I got four Utah State tickets with a parking pass. Do you want them? I didn't even try. I was like, now I'm good. It's like, that's a small game. That's not even worth my time, right? Like, it's going to be a blowout. It's hot. It's going to be in the middle of the day. I got a thousand reasons why I don't want to go to that one. Now, if you ask me the exact same thing about the Texas A&M game, like, hey, I, 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 let's move the schedule, <laughs> let's start changing stuff. Father Noah, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be here, I have an emergency. No, I'm kidding. Um, but those kind of things, like, I, I've gotten to the point where I've gotten kind of spoiled on the good games, right? Because the little games aren't really worth my time. I, 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 one thing I know, I'm, I'm not a... I'm, I'm not, a hunter or a fisherman, I would, no one would ever confuse me for those things. I think I go fishing maybe about once every other year, uh, buy the year license, use it once, it's really good, right? Um, I, I'm hunting, I, I never was one that would wake up, go, go out into the deer stand or the duck blind, we, we just didn't really do that. But I know that that's the thing, and, and when somebody asks me, they're like, well, why you don't hunt, you don't fish, you're from South Louisiana, I look at them and I say, I, honestly, it's... For me, it, it doesn't interest me enough to go and do that. I'm risking my time. I'm risking my interest. I'm risking my, 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 my comfort or whatever it is for something that doesn't interest me enough. It's really not worth it. It's not worth my time. I, I know, like, for me, another thing that's not worth my time that I know a lot of people love, uh, Black Friday. <laughs> is really not worth my time. Like, go and fight those crowds and stuff. Today we hear in the gospel that this, uh, this judge, all of a sudden, he wants to make a, he makes his judgment based off of, like, he's afraid that he's going to get hit by this woman. I'm like, if you want to see it, go to Black Friday. Like, go, go the day before Thanksgiving at Walmart and try and get a toaster and you're in trouble. Like, you, you get slapped, right? I, I, it's not worth my time. I think for me, in, in my life, I've, I've noticed that there are things that are worth my time and not worth my time. Today, our, our, our gospel, our readings, are very, very clear about what we're talking about. From the very beginning, we hear that Jesus is talking about persistence in prayer. That He's talking about what it is that we do. Like it, we have to commit to staying in a relationship with God in prayer. Now, I know I say that and I know I fall victim to this as well. I, I don't know about you, but I'm busy. My calendar is chock block, it's full. I got meeting after meeting, thing after thing, and, and I don't have kids. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a family. So I know that like, if you're raising one, two, three, seven kids, like, I know you're running all over the place. <laughs> That one's got football in this area, one's got cheerleading in that area, they got some dance team going on, these clubs, that thing, this extracurricular thing. Our, our lives are busy. Our lives are very, very busy. In fact, if, we, if I would ask you, 
as I've heard multiple times in different ministry circles, like with vocations, with college students at Nichols, with just people that I've talked to and walked with in their faith life, when I ask them, how's your prayer life going? Somebody will look at me and say, I'm way too busy to pray. I'm too busy to pray. I can't fit it in. You know, I, I fall victim to that too. Like, like last week, I, I, I was at a meeting for four hours one day. I came back, I had another meeting. I had another thing. I didn't get back into the house until 10 o'clock at night. Like, I'm busy. It's a good excuse to, to not be able to pray. I do think, though, that it's interesting. I don't think our, our, our lack of prayer all the time is a busy thing. I don't think it's a time issue most of the time. I think most of the time, our lack of prayer is not a time issue, but it's a faith issue. What do I mean? Well, I know at 3.30 today, I'm going to be sitting down in my recliner, I'm going to try, <laughs> put on a Saints game, because I know in, thir- in, in the next three hours, hopefully, I'm going to be entertained, and I'm going to see a win by the Saints. I have faith that I'm going to get something, that it's worth my time, it's worth the risk to sit down and watch a football game. When it comes to our prayer, I think a lot of times what happens is is that it's not so much a time issue, it's more of a faith issue, that if I'm going to give this time to God, what am I going to get? That if I'm going to give this time to God, if I'm going to be persistent in my prayer, What am I going to have to show for it? Will I get something for the time that I invest? You see, today, when we hear this gospel, when we hear about this woman who comes to this judge and is looking and seeking and seeking and seeking for a judgment, that's exactly what Jesus is saying. He's saying, don't lose faith. Don't have your faith shaken. Continue to be consistent. Continue to be persistent in your prayer. That's why the last line of today's Gospel is almost a little bit awkward. It seems like it's out of place. But when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on earth? Jesus is saying this isn't so much about a time issue or a will issue. It's a faith issue. Do I believe that my prayer is going to be worth it? Do I believe that God wants to meet me in my prayer? Do I believe that I'm going to receive anything from the prayer that I commit to? I think it's very fitting that today's Gospel and today's first reading are connected together. Our first reading today, we hear about Moses leading, he, he leads the Israelites through the, through the desert. Now this is after the Exodus. So they were in slavery in Egypt. They go through the Red Sea. He's feeding them with bread and water. Like, like God is feeding them with bread and water all throughout the desert. And they come to this moment where they're in a battle, in a fight against the other nations of the world. Particularly one headed up by this general named Amalek. Now this army that they come to fight is like the army. Moses has been leading his people. He's been going constantly, leading his people, praying, being before God, asking him, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And God has led him down this through a desert feeding him, through through an ocean, a, a sea, opening it up for him. 
Where Moses is at the point where he trusts God, and now they come face to face with this other army. Goes to God. What do you want me to do? You want me out in front, Braveheart style, like William Wallace, giving a Coach O kind of halftime speech that nobody can understand? Like, let's get excited, right? Like, is that what he tells them to do? No. I don't need you to be a general out in front. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to go on this mountain. I want you to go on this hill, and I just want you to hold your hands up. I just want you to hold your hands up. And as long as you hold your hands up, the people are going to win the fight. Your troops, your people are going to win against Amalek and his major army. But the moment they start to rest, the moment you start to put them down, you're going to start to lose. I don't know about you, but if if that's what God is telling me to do and we're face to face with an army, I would look at him like he was crazy. It would take a lot of faith to go up on a mountain as opposed to being out in front with my people. But Moses does it. They win the fight. Now make no mistake about it. The reason why I like the way that this is attached is because for you and I, right now in the, wall, in the world, it doesn't take long. Put the TV on, watch CNN, watch Fox News, watch whatever one you want. Like, it's very obvious to see that our culture has a war. That there's a battle, a fight going on in our culture right now, and it's for the soul of man. If we look at our country, like if you look at our world right now, you see a lot of division, a lot of infighting, a lot of back and forth. And if there's a war in the world, it's probably because there's a war between nations. And if there's a war between nations, it's probably because there's a war between states. And if there's a war between states, it's probably a war between towns. And there's a war between towns, it's because there's a war between communities. There's war between communities, it's probably a war between families. If there's a war between families... Probably a war within families. And if there's a war within families, there's probably a war within the heart and soul of every man and woman. Make no mistake about it that the culture war that we have around us is our battle, it's our fight. John Paul II once said, As goes the family, so goes the world. And I'll be honest, I think we see the world going. The front lines of the fight is right here in each one of us. The front lines of the fight is within your heart and in mine. The front lines of the fight is in your family, those closest to you. How it is that we approach this fight, how is it that we are strengthened for this fight? How is it that we are sent out for this fight? beautiful thing is is that the same the image of today's first reading of Moses up on a mountain hands open interceding for his people in this battle in this fight is something that we see every Sunday in the sanctuary where a priest with his hands open intercede before God for the sake of the people to go out and be strengthened in the fight That my prayer, our prayer today in this liturgy is meant to be sending us out into the front lines of the fight. 
Just um, with all reverence, with all love. I want to say a word to men in the room today. Men, we, we, if we go back to the beginning, if we go back to Genesis and we look at the order of creation, man was born out first. Man was called to be the leader of the human race. Man was called to be the leader of his community, of his family. To be the one who led them into battle. This fight is our fight. There was, a, there was, an, art, there was an author, uh, John Elridge, he's a, he's a Protestant author, but one of the things he said, he said he looked around in Christian denominations all around the United States when he would go and visit and, and, and give talks and things. And he said, if you look at men in the pews on Sunday, most of them look bored. Most of them look bored. Now, if that's not you, if you're in, great. <laughs> but most of them look bored. Man, we have a battle waiting for us outside this door when we walk out today. When we're sent out after receiving communion, we have a battle that's at our doorstep. There's an enemy that's prowling, waiting for us to fall. And every one of us has been given a piece of the kingdom to cultivate just like Adam. Every one of us has been given a family to protect, a beauty to sacrifice for, an adventure to go on. Every man in this room has been commissioned by God to be a leader. Are you engaged in the fight? Injustice only survives when good men stand around and do nothing. Are you engaged in the fight? Us as a Christian community, when we come together, I, my favorite definition I've ever heard for, as a parish, um, as, as, ever since I've taken over everything, ever since I've gotten here, I've been reading and trying to pray around this image of being an administrator, of, of sitting in the pastor's position, trying to understand parish. And my favorite definition I've come across is that a parish is a family of families. I say this looking in the mirror because I'll be honest, every morning I wake up and I'm like, am I engaged in the fight for my flock? Am I ready and willing to lay down my life to look like Jesus Christ for the sake of my flock gathered here on Sunday and every other day of the week? For everybody that lives from the light in Raceland to the curve in Lockport, am I willing to lay down my life and look like Jesus for their sake? Men, this is the call of all of us here today is to look like Jesus for the sake of those in our family. Every one of us gathered here, we have a small piece of our world. We have a small piece of our culture. We have a small piece of the world around us that we've been entrusted with. Because the reality is, I can't walk around in your school halls and spread the Gospel. I need you to do that. I can't go to your office around the water cooler and stop the gossip. I need you to do that. I can't put filters on every computer in our, in, our, in our parish and stop the sin. I need you to do that. But what I can do and what, I, what, I'm, what I'm ordered to do and what my life says to do is to stand here arms open. Strengthening and praying that we win this fight.
beautiful thing is we know we've won. The beautiful thing is, is that this fight, it's a, it's a, the evil in the world knows it's been defeated, knows it's been lost, because someone else opened his arms and laid down his life for us. Amen? Amen. Someone else paid the price and won the fight. Amen? Amen. So today when we go, we get, we're commissioned to go forward after receiving him to lay down our life like him. Amen? So as we come today to this Mass, as we come to this celebration, we come to celebrate the hope and the truth that we have won the fight. That this battle's not lost. That this battle's not hopeless. That the world's not too dark. We're sent forward as Christians to go and evangelize a world that needs Him. After we receive him, we're sent out with him to be him. So in our world, you're his mouth. You're his hands. You're his feet. Jesus lives today in you. And you carry him to the world. May we never forget this. May we not be discouraged in the fight. May it strengthen us. Give us courage and compel us out. Today we come to receive him so that for the rest of the week, for the rest of the day, for the rest of our life, we can be him to the world.